Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask, where everyone has something they can teach you. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore why we do what we do when it comes to money. As a CPA for the past 30 years, wait, let me say 25 because that makes me sound younger. I have seen it all when it comes to money and emotions. And if you think I'm talking about my clients, I'm not. I'm talking about myself. My relationship with money has been, and sometimes still is, an emotional roller coaster. Maybe that's something you're also familiar with. Good news. You and I are not the only ones. Our next guest is going to share their money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges as well. Buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Our next guests are John and Mark Cronin. John's Crazy Socks is a father-son social enterprise inspired by John Lee Cronin, a young man with Down syndrome and his love of colorful and fun socks, or what he calls his crazy socks. They are on a mission to spread happiness. Mark is the father of the father-son enterprise. His leadership has demonstrated that pursuing social goals, demonstrating what people with differing abilities can achieve and giving back makes for good business. Mark advocates for the rights of differently abled people. His advocacy work has been seen Mark testifying before Congress twice, speaking at the UN, and making numerous trips to Capitol Hill. Mark served as the chief operating officer of multiple healthcare management and technology firms, founded a software company, organized political campaigns, and worked as a congressional aide. Mark began his career as a school teacher and has taught in graduate schools as well. John and Mark. It is so great to have you here for the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bob. I'm pleased to be here. It's great. Thank you for having us on the show. We're very excited. You know, we joked about this before. You're from New York, so I'm not going to hold that against you because you come from cold weather. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm averse to cold weather unless it's a vacation. (laughs) So, John, you have this love of crazy socks. And you and your dad decided that this would be a great launch for a business. How did that come about? Well, you have to put things in context. So we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. So let's go back five years. Yes. And our story starts in a small log cabin in the woods. Nah. No, not really. It's, <laughs> it starts in suburban Long Island in a town called Huntington. And where were you? I was in a Huntington house store. It's your last year of school, and you know people may not know John here is an entrepreneur, a dancer, an athlete, a lover, (laughs) and he also happens to have Down syndrome. So it's going to be his last year in school, and John's trying to figure out what am I going to do next, and what were you looking at? I look at job program and school. I don't like the option I don't like. It's Anthony like, and unfortunately, that's a reality for too many people. There just aren't good choices for people with different abilities. One way to look at that is the unemployment rate for somebody with a disability is double the national average, but that doesn't begin to tell the story. Fewer than one in five people with a disability are employed. So he doesn't see anything that he likes. But John here, he is a natural entrepreneur. If you didn't see a job you wanted, what were you going to do? I knew I want to create one. I want to make one. 
And what'd you tell me? I said, I want to go to a with my dad. A nice father-son band together. So, so, Bob, I'm a fortunate man. I have three sons, John's the youngest, and this is one I could work with. So, <laughs> okay, we're going to have a business. John had a, a number of ideas. I did. But eventually, right before Thanksgiving, you had your Rika moment. I did. I want to sell crazy socks. White socks is fun, it's colorful, it's creative. I will always let me be me. We used to drive around looking for these socks. So we figured this. If John loved these socks so much, Surely other people would too, and we could connect with our tribe. We went the lean startup route. We did not prepare a detailed business plan. We didn't go out looking for financing. It was, let's get something up and running, and customers would tell us. So, you know, your listeners may know, you know, we went and built a website on the Shopify platform. We got some inventory. Because we're bootstrapping, you got to make do with what you have. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page, and I would take out my cell phone, and we made videos. And who was in those videos? I am. I'm talking about socks. Socks, socks, <laughs> more socks. <laughs> and we noticed those videos started getting shared. And what day did we open? We opened on Friday, December 9th, 2016. We didn't know what to expect. We are very fortunate. We got 42 orders the first day. And what do you do with those orders? I do our home deliveries. We got red boxes. We put the socks in the boxes, and we looked and said, huh, need something else. So what do you put in? I put socks, digging them out, and candy, and Hershey's Kisses. We, we got bags of Hershey's Kisses, filled it up. He put a thank you note in. We loaded the car up, drove around, and knocked on doors. And there were some nights we were out at 1030 at night, and he's knocking on doors. John here with your socks. <laughs> and how do customers respond? Customers love say they took a photo, took pictures, and share on social media. Oh, would I get a spread? We had people ordering again just to get John to come back to their house. So that's where it went from, you know, it was born out of necessity. He had the idea. Turns out to be a brilliant idea. I did. And we learn. You learn by doing. One, what people want to buy socks. Two, people want to buy socks for me. They related to John. They liked the personal touch. They liked the fact we had already pledged 5% to the Special Olympics. And by doing, we learned that this young man, this old man, this old man, we could sell socks. So that's how we, we got up and run. That's awesome. Now, John, do you take a lot of socks for your personal use or do they have to stay in the inventory? <laughs> I have to stay in a inventory. Inventory, yeah. But then how come you came to me and said, Dad, I need a second bureau just to hold my socks? You got a lot of socks, <laughs> don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out, if you're a sock tycoon like John, yeah. people are asking all the time, what socks are you wearing? Yeah. I should listen to uh, a, a question. Um, I, my favorite sock is Down syndrome superhero socks. Down syndrome superhero socks, right? <laughs> but what do you wear every Saturday? Every Saturday, I wear poop emoji socks. Poop emoji socks. <laughs> <laughs> because you can take the boy out of junior high, yep. but you can't take the junior high out of the boy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
it's funny because when I go to events or workshops and people take their shoes off, everybody's judged by their fun socks that they're wearing. And I had a funny story because I'm very conservative in my dress. So I always want to make sure I have matching socks and people would wear mismatched socks or really colorful socks. And one day I realized I had mixed up my socks and I was wearing mismatched socks and I was so upset. And then I realized everybody else was doing it because they were just having fun. So I've learned to be a little more fun with my socks. <laughs> this is good. Wow, this is great. We'll bring you over, not to the dark side, but to the colorful side. To the colorful, happy side. Well, you know, part of it is so many of us wear a uniform. It might be a suit. It might be khakis and polo shirt. But socks, you get to express yourself. And here's a really cool thing, right? When we started, we could put all the different socks we had on one table. Today, we have over 4,000 different socks, which makes John here the owner of the world's largest sock store. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Let me ask you this. Were there any moments that were hard? And were there any moments where... John, you got mad at your dad or dad got mad at John because it just got stressful? Oh, one time, uh, this is my favorite. One time. <laughs> I, I, this is my favorite dad because I, I love your favorite because uh, one time uh, we had a, a meeting with the guy. And, and you uh, were given a tour. I was given a tour. And I had already decided I wanted this guy out of our building. So I interrupted the tour. Right. And to try to move it along some. And you did not like that at all. No. Because you were given the tour. And so, John, when the gentleman left, we went back at that point. We used to share an office. And John sat me down. And he held up a book we had. Yeah, that's that one. Like this one here. And he pointed to it. And he said, whose name is that? <laughs> and I said, it's your name. And then you pointed at a banner on the wall. Whose name is there? Said it's your name. He looked at me and said, Don't interrupt me again. <laughs> <laughs> but have there been hard times? Right. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're starting a business, it's not a question of when will the hard times come. It's only, you know, I mean if they'll come. It's only when. And sometimes they're minor things, I mean, that you have to overcome. You know, here that very first weekend. I told we had bought some inventory. We didn't know what to expect. We got so many orders, we're now selling out. So I drove to every Kmart. We got in the car and drove to every Kmart in Suffolk County, buying all the socks we could, just so we'd have some inventory to sell. I Yes, you say, I, I was looking for a sock in, in the opening. Right. And, or, but, but here's one, and it's why John is it's so great to work with. In January of 2017, we're just getting started. You also find out. Nobody buys anything in January because they spent all their money the holidays. That's right. right. And that's when we discover that people celebrate World Down Syndrome Day. And what day is that? A day is a March 21st. A day is a World Down Syndrome Day. They celebrate that by wearing crazy socks. Now, you would have thought we knew that ahead of time, but right. we're not smart. <laughs> so... At that point, we're only buying other people's socks and selling them. We go looking for a Down syndrome sock. Nobody made one. But John, it's very simple. What do you say? I said, I want to create one. I want to make one. So he designed a sock and we got it made. And John created the world's first Down syndrome awareness sock. I did. It's 
you know, if we're talking about money, it may not seem this way if you're thinking of starting a business, but getting started is easy. Growth is hard. Yeah. And, you know, we could talk about some of the struggles there. We had some great years to start with, but by the end of 2019, we were in virtual bankruptcy. And because we didn't have enough capitalization, we were making a profit. Everybody's doing well. Our growth is great. We're making a profit. And I'm looking at my accountant and I'm saying, then how come I got no money? Right. And he says, Mark, let's take a walk in your warehouse. Let me show you all your money. So that was a lesson to learn. And we solved it by finding a strategic partner. That's great. And how was it for you, Mark, to, I believe you were unemployed when you decided to go on this venture or did you give up a job? And what was that like jumping into the unknown? (laughs) My personal story was such that, yeah, I had run many successful businesses, but had come down to the point where I was helping my wife run her business. This is something that maybe some of your audience relates to. My wife was an attorney. Who's a terrific attorney, but she also suffers or suffered from chronic depression, which would lead to some bad decisions and she'd get on track. So finally, we said, why don't, you know, I'll work with you. I'll run the business. I'll help you. Well, it turns out one of those decisions before we were working together led to us. It was a bad situation. So we had to shut the business down overnight. So there I was. That was the family business. We've got no income. I'm calling up a mortgage company saying, eh, you just wait on that check. And, you know, what are we going to do? And because I'm an entrepreneur, by that point, I'm basically unemployable. So I was starting some new businesses and getting them off the ground when John came with his idea. And I said, sure, if it works, it works, but we'll go test it, right? Right. And it turns out it worked. Absolutely. (laughs) You have to be... I don't know if you can be made into an entrepreneur. It takes a certain character to be able to go take the risk to, you know, my wife, for example, could never to to be able to go and take the risk and be willing to, you got to have that motivation to go and want to do things, to see opportunities and want to take them. And I can look back, funny enough, I can do it with John and myself. I can look back to even when I was a kid, I didn't have the language to call it entrepreneurism. Yeah, But boy, I was doing things that were entrepreneurial. And John did the same thing. So for me, there really wasn't any other way. Yeah. And how do you, like in those tough times, because being an entrepreneur can be rough, right? You have the ebb and flow and the dips and the high points. How do the two of you find the energy or the determination when things get a little tight? Do you talk to each other? Do you pep top each other? How do you get through those moments? I I think it's a couple of things. One, you have to know what you're about. You've got to know what your purpose is. You know, Simon Sinek will call it your why. You've got to know your why, your purpose, because that's your North Star. And you've got to know what your values are, because they'll help keep you on track. So when everything is upside down, you can still see the North Star. And part of what makes it wonderful working here with John We share that same commitment and conviction to that purpose and to those values. So we reinforce each other. And let's see if I can articulate this right. It's not quite optimism. Optimism can be, oh, by this date, we're going to make this happen or that happen. 
And that can lead to like really big depression. But after we tested, because we didn't know what would happen, but after we tested, we knew. We both had a deep conviction this was going to work. And it helped that early on we had some big successes. But those were quickly followed by some big challenges. So, Well, it would seem to me with a mission of spreading happiness, you've got to have a little happiness in your inventory. It's, it's my partner. Yeah. Driving a lot of that, right? And it's a little bit sometimes like that movie, uh, you know, the, the line in the Apollo, what is it, Apollo 13 movie. Failure is not an option. Right. Which can be scary because you could just be digging a deeper hole. Yeah. I think that's what comes back to if you know the purpose and you really believe in it and you know your values, you know what you're about, you're going to find your way. Absolutely. And John, I have a question for you. Have you always been this confident? You've got a confidence that some people don't have. Is that something that you've just grown into? Um, have you always thought that if you believed in something, you'd just go do it and make it work? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm making confident myself and, and supporting my dad, too. I'll give you an um, example with John. He was in high school, and they were doing a big talent show fundraiser. And John announced that he was going to do a dance by himself. And he's practicing and he's rehearsing this thing. And both one of his brothers and my wife, they both came and said, we have to stop him. This is going to be bad. He's going to get up on stage. He's going to embarrass himself. And I spoke to John and John was at it. And so the time came and you walked out on that stage by yourself. And it seemed at that point to be the biggest stage in the world. And you looked at somebody and started the music. And danced, you know, danced like nobody's watching. Just yeah. lost himself. And he he knew he could do this. And he brought the house down. That's awesome. I did. Right? I did it twice. You did it again another <laughs> time. And he's got that. I mean, I could tell you other experiences. Uh, you know, one time we were, were very fortunate. We're testifying before Congress, before a commission of the Capitol Hill. You know, there's going to be a panel, and next to us is this professor from the University of Minnesota. And she's all nervous. She's flustered. You could see what she's flummoxing with her papers, and she's very nervous. And, and we talk and say, I've never done this before. And John leans over and pats her on the back and says, that's okay. Just watch what I do. <laughs> But it's very serious, too. Like, early on, we'd shoot these videos. And so it was that first December. And it's a couple of days after Christmas. And I go to shoot a video with John. And it's not working. He's not in a good mood. There's not a lot of happiness coming off. And I say, oh, John, we'll take a break and we'll do this later. He pounds his fist on the table and says, Dad, this is business. We're doing this now. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me ask you this. What would you say? I know that you hire differently abled people as part of your staff. And what would you say to the people out there listening who might hesitate or are unsure? Because there's a lot of value in what John and other differently abled people bring. It's simple. We do it because it's good business. In fact, we just recorded our second TEDx talk. And the title of that is 
hiring people with differing abilities is not altruism. It's good business. And I could walk through it, but here's a very simple one. I'm not sure what it's like in your part of, of California, but there's a growing labor shortage in this country. Yes. We don't have enough good workers. And I hear that all the time from other businesses. And yet at the same time, we have this vast untapped pool. Those businesses that will recruit people from that pool of labor will have a competitive advantage. I'll make an analogy to a great moment in American history when the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947 broke the color barrier and they signed Jackie Robinson. And the next two teams to employ black athletes, black players, were the Cleveland Indians and the then New York baseball giants. Guess what? They became the best teams in baseball. So think of this as a business. What they did was they said, we're no longer going to exclude people for arbitrary reasons. We're just going to get the best employees. And those businesses that did that had the best success. And, and I could talk about small businesses doing it. We could talk about businesses you may have heard of, like there's this company in Redmond, Washington called Microsoft. Right. They've been very successful with a program that hires people with autism. IBM has this great diversity, a neurodiversity program. They started one place. They're now operating in, in 11 countries, not because they're being nice guys. I mean, yes, they should be, but because they're getting great talent that previously they didn't consider. Yeah, that's awesome. Here are the only benefits you get from hiring people with, benefit, with differing abilities. This is it. You get to fill your jobs. You get to improve morale. You get to improve productivity. You get to improve retention. What else do you want? That's it. Well, John, I have a question for you. What's the best part about working with your dad? My favorite part was with my dad. I have he uplift me, uplift me, I he become me. I, I came and learned her all the time. And she always, always support me. I, I support me. I have, I have he is a, a proud dad he is. Because I can see, you see me, I'd be, Successful outcome. Well, you're telling me you were really glad we're working together Monday morning when we pulled up early and you had to get out and shovel the snow? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much. <laughs> you may be a sock tycoon, but we still got to take out the garbage, right? Yeah. Hey, so you. I know. I do it too. <laughs> yep. That Just because you're the owner doesn't mean you don't have to clean the bathrooms. Right. <laughs> John and Mark, we are at the Fast Five. Fast Five is brought to you by Cube Money, a cash envelope system made easy. Real-time financial awareness without the hassle of tracking expenses and carrying cash. So, John, I'm going to throw these to you. You can let your dad help if you want, but we'll start there. So, John, what are the craziest socks you've ever had? The craziest socks I ever have right now, my favorite one is the fuzzy socks. Fuzzy socks. I really like fuzzy socks and friends. Oh, and the friends theme socks, huh? Okay. <laughs> you think Jennifer Aniston's going to show up someday if you wear them? Yeah. That's, she might. We'll see if we can help with that. <laughs> What's the best part of spreading happiness? My favorite part of spreading happiness is gratitude. It's do for others. Nice. Nice. 
What's your favorite thing to spend money on besides socks? Spend money on the socks. What do you? What do you like to spend money? What do you like? To, is there something you like to buy? What do you like to spend money? I, I really like buying something like a. You're pretty frugal, right? You live a pretty <laughs> simple life, but you bought something nice for your girlfriend for Valentine's Day. I did. I don't know if Bob wants to dive into your love life. Yeah, yeah I don't want to say that. <laughs> do you like to spend money at restaurants? Yes, I do. Uh, I like to restaurant. You're very good at eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you like to go out, and you also like to treat people. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, I remember one night where John is on the board of the National Down Syndrome Society. And they had a board meeting, and then they were out to dinner afterwards. They invited me to join them at dinner. We're down at a very nice restaurant in Alexandria. And dinner's ending, and John comes up to me and says, Dad, I gave a credit card to the waiter. I told him I'd buy dinner for us. And there were, what, 17 people at the table? Wow. That's mighty nice of you. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> That's pretty nice. <laughs> That's pretty nice. <laughs> John, what's the best family vacation memory? Do you have a favorite family vacation story? Yes, my favorite one, uh, driving around, like sitting in a car and sitting in the highway. You like just going on road trips? Yep. You like the ones to fought? We've been around a lot. Boston, Yellowstone. I, I, I really like... Well, Disney World. I, I, I really like Disney. You like Disney. But I'll, I'll tell you something, Bob. Like... Before we started this business, John and I used to have a fairly basic routine on Saturdays. We would take, we'd go to his Special Olympics soccer, we'd come back, we'd do the big shop at Costco, yes. we'd get stuff out of our then office and take it to the recycling center, we'd go visit my elderly aunt at her nursing home. John just loved it. He would take a trip to the That's recycling center and it would be wonderful. <laughs> That's great. You, <laughs> right. Plus, if you're gonna be in our family, you gotta you gotta enjoy road trips. Now, you know, well, it's opening up a little bit the world now after the pandemic, but John loves that. And no matter where we would go, no matter where we landed, and we went to some of the hotspots, <laughs> you know, Charleston, West Virginia, Calgary, Omaha, you know, I'm trying in addition to places like Palm Springs and Vancouver, but no matter where we landed. We'd be leaving the airport, and what would you say? It's pretty beautiful. I'm going to live there. Crazy beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, John, I have one last question for you. Do your bed sheets match your crazy socks? Do your sheets on your bed match your socks? Um, yeah. You have friends' (laughs) bed sheets, right? I'm um, actually, I don't have bed sheet. I, oh, it's the comforter's friends? No, I blanket. it. The blanket is. The blanket. blanket and the pillows. Pillow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, well, that's I, good. I, I, probably, I, probably I want for my... John is very organized, super organized. You know, he'll lay out his outfits for the week, and he'll plan on how they match. Now, Bob, they may match in a way that you and I cannot fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you may think in your world that plaids and stripes don't go together, but that's not John's world. (laughs) Hey, we all live in our own worlds. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) 
Well, we're at our M&M moment, our sweet spot. And so, Mark, I'll throw this one to you. Do you have a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom for our listeners? I do. If you're a business owner, remember what matters is making a profit, not growth. I know I've found myself in that situation at times in different businesses I've run. You're so focused on growth, but in fact, you got to make a living. You got to make sure you're turning a profit. So I would preach, make sure you pay attention to that bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, John and Mark, what I really loved about today, besides the fact that I can feel the happiness and I feel the fun that you have most of the time when John's not having to tell you that his name is on the door, (laughs) Um, is having this mission of wanting to make the world a better place and actually even just narrowing down that working with people with differing abilities is good business. It's not because, oh, I'm just trying to be nice. It actually makes sense. And it's giving people the opportunity who have twice the disadvantage of employment an opportunity to work and show their skills. And it gives you a chance to keep building your sock tycoon business as you take over the world. And so I so appreciate both of you coming on. And I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you. And I look forward to seeing your socks on everybody's feet everywhere in the world. People that like socks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you you so much. We're very fortunate to be able to get to do what we do. We should put in a shameless plug. Yeah, you should. Where can we find you? And you are go at johncrazysocks.com. And what advice do you want to leave people with? My advice, follow your heart. Follow your dream. Walk hard. Show you can do. Love it. Well, we will all go out and do that. And March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day. And so we want to encourage everybody to go out and wear their crazy socks. And if you don't have crazy socks... Go to johnscrazysocks.com and get some crazy socks so that we can all share that day together. That sounds great. John and Mark, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and a lot of fun. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn something new about your relationship to money today? Maybe you have a friend who has some financial blocks or beliefs that are holding them back. Please share this podcast so they too can get off the roller coaster ride of financial fears and journey towards financial freedom. To learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. We'll be back next week with another perspective on money and the emotions that bind us. Blah, blah, blah.